Hello and welcome to Oh No No No, your favourite podcast for all things top of the league. Uh, we are full of festive cheer and we've got loads to pack into this episode. <clears throat> so we're going to look forward to Friday night's visit of Air United. We're going to give our thoughts on Sam Stanton's new contract and we'll also answer our customary big question as well. Uh, so I'm Duncan Cameron, and joining me this evening to work through those topics and more, we have, uh, first of all, we've got Robbie Weir. How are you, mate? Yeah, brilliant. How are you, Duncan? Very well, mate. Very well, thank you. Uh, Carol Allison-Smith is here too. How are you, Carol? I'm good. Getting ready for Christmas. Excellent. I like the hat that you've got this time. Uh, Graham Meldrum's with us as well. How are you, Graham? Nervously excited. Good. And uh, Christina Beatty's here too. How are you, Christina? I'm all good, thank you. Fantastic. So, um, let's let's start with uh, well Friday night's game, tomorrow night's game as we record. So, Air United go into this one uh, after a 1-0 win over Airdrie at the weekend. But that result seemingly kind of putting an end to some fairly rocky form that they've had. So, um, Graham, let's start with you, please, from your... Uh, your vantage point down in Ayrshire. How do you feel going into this one? As I said, nervously excited. Um, my issue is my my local spies tell me whether it's right or wrong that Ayr are starting to click a wee bit. Um, went through a bad spell at the start of the season when they lost their two central midfielders due to injury, um, which seem to have set them back a while. And they seem to be in a rhythm now. Whether that's uh, enough to keep their manager in a job to the end of the season, who knows? Um, the Magic Gili manager may may keep them going. He may be pumped. I don't know. Um, but it's always difficult stay, staying down here. Um, my son had the ignominy of Air United coming in with a trophy that year. They pipped us in the last seconds of the season. So they came into his school with a trophy. So it's always nervous for us. And it's absolutely fantastic if we get one of them. And if the Rovers, anybody in the Rovers is listening, if we do manage to get a bit of silverware, Peswick Academy, please. <laughs> uh, fifth year classes. You'll find him, he'll be there. So feel free to come down with a trophy anytime you want. It's um it's a funny one here, United. Um I don't have any anything like that kind of connection, but I still I've always got a kind of bad feeling about air. I don't know what it is. Just uh not a not a side I I ever kind of relish seeing us go up against. Um, obviously, though, the rover side absolutely, you know, full of confidence and, and flying high at the moment. Um so there'll be no no kind of shaky feelings from the team, I'm sure. Um, Robbie, how about you? What are your thoughts just generally going to go into this one? Yeah, um, as you say, air familiar foes over the last few years. We kind of run sort of almost parallel with them um, in terms of the probably about the last 15, 20 years or so. We've always tended to be similar divisions. They've had spells where they've been a bit on top. We've had spells that have had sort of prolonged periods in the championship as well, but we've generally been there or thereabouts um together. Um I think for me they've they do have a, a decent squad, a lot of familiar names in there. Um the likes of um Anton Downs um seems to have started really well for them, seems to be clicking. Um he's been in on loan from Partick. Even Aiden McGeady's one that stood out during the summer has been a marquee signing almost, but then they bring in Logan Chalmers, who's just a player that you know on his day can just completely control games. So uh, I feel 
positive about the game, though. Um, I think that we've got a lot of reason for optimism and um, hopefully we can just sustain our lead at the top of the league. Yeah, it's definitely uh, an interesting squad that Air United have put together. Um, as you say, I think Anton Dowds is probably the the standout addition that they made. It was quite late on in the summer that they brought him in. And I think um, possibly even after the league season had started, they, they brought him in from, from uh, Partick Thistle. And it felt like a real kind of missing missing puzzle piece. Because um, he's the kind of guy who, with a fairly limited side, you can still play off and you can still... Um, dig goals out and yeah Aidan McGeady I thought was a funny one at the time and I know he's not played a lot of football but he did come back and he played against the Airdrie um, I'm not quite sure how they're fitting Aidan McGeady Jamie Murphy and Logan Chalmers all into the same side um, but it will be interesting to see kind of how they do manage that um, Christina let's let's come to you next give us your thoughts on the Rovers going into this one please and um, whether you think we'll see many changes from the side at Tannadice. I don't really know how we should be feeling at all anymore, to be honest, because the games that I've thought, do you know what, I've, I've got a feeling we're going to either draw or, or lose this one, it's never the case. So I didn't even care to look at any tax for this. I was like, do you know what, I don't know what to think anymore. I'm confident. I think, I think we're obviously, how can we not be confident? The team's obviously going to be confident tomorrow. Um. But as far as like a prediction, a score prediction and stuff, I have no idea this week at all. Um, I did have quite a similar lineup to when we were at Tanadice, apart from I've got Hamilton starting again. Well, I'll tell you my lineup actually, I'll just go through it. Uh, yes, please, because I think it might be um, the same as mine. So I've got Millen, Murray, and Dick at the back. Put Dick back in there, Graham. Good stuff. Love it. There you go. Brown, Easton, Stanton, Mullen, and then Smith, Hamilton, Vaughan, and Dubrovsky. The way you, the way you name the goalkeeper last throws me every time. Um, <laughs> so tell you, it's very similar to mine. So I've kept Sean Burnham, um All right, okay. In, in mine as well. Um, so I, I think for me, it's the kind of um, the same back four. So Millen, Brown, Murray and Dick from, yeah. from last week. Um, Sean Byrne sitting. Dylan Easton, obviously, I think, on one side. Um, Sam Stanton in the middle of that attacking midfield. And then I've gone with Josh Mullen over Aidan Connolly. I just feel like up against Air United, Josh Mullen should hopefully be um, full of motivation. Uh, and then a kind of front two of Hamilton and Vaughan, which... As we've said so many times now, there's a lot of guys in there you can make arguments for um, without really giving much away. Uh, Carol, how about you? How are you feeling kind of going into this one and, and any changes you would make to the starting 11? Um, well, I'm going to pick up on something that uh, Ian Burry said in his pre-match interview with David that we're going to put on a good performance, which I think is some of the, a few years ago, we wouldn't have got that sort of guarantee from a manager in an interview that we're going to put on a good performance. Um, my concern with Air is I think they might try and slow down that good performance, not stop it, but just slow it down, because that's what we've been renowned for at home this season. It's been fast on the surface. Uh, with the terms of lineup, I'm kind of with Christina. I just don't know anymore. It's like, who do you leave out? 
We've got a lot of games coming up back to back. So anybody with a niggle, I think Ian Murray is going to put them on the bench. He's not going to take any chances because he's got the the depth at the moment to to not take any chances. So yeah, it's difficult to. Yeah, with Christina, I can't decide anymore. I think it's and, been one of the things we've talked about in this podcast the most and probably waste, wasted the most time on. Is that if you try to pick a lineup? Yeah. Because whenever we do it, it's just completely thrown out the window of what Ian Murray does. Not that he's ever going to listen to this and take advice from us, but it's just completely different. And we all sit here and talk about it, and it's just miles away from what actually comes out in the field. I'm afraid to stop doing it now in case uh, in case this is the little piece of magic that's holding this runner form together. Um, On the point about the watching a good football, though, I think that is something that's very, very important that's changed this season in terms of, yeah, we're winning, it's amazing, we're top of the league, but it's actually amazing to watch. There was a portion of time, I think it was the Patrick Thistle game, where it was not good football to watch, and it was kind of like, oh, it's just like what we were used to in the past, and you forget that was actually quite normal. And we just expect so much more now, but it is. It's really, really good to watch. The, the standard of football is unbelievable. Entertaining. Sorry, Robert. Yes, yeah, it is. I think as well, like, we've got an expectance, expectancy now that, like, with players, especially last Saturday, like, just with Dylan Easton and that goal, and the fact that it's, it's had a spotlight put on it, because you saw it and immediately, like, I text my friend and I was like that's goal of the season straight away that's all I said Easton goal of the season and then you see the way that BBC have literally done like a slowed down documentary type short about the goal where it's just Ian Murray, Jim Goodwin, Dylan Easton talking over it and then it's got Willie Miller on the commentary just going oh what a goal that is (laughs) yeah Willie that's what we are getting excited about every other week but with him, and then again, Sam Stanton, you throw in Vaughn being a factor. It's a team of entertainers um, in there. And you don't know who it's going to be, because you look at the Partick game, Callum Smith, he'd maybe been quiet for a few games, uh, maybe not had a goal in a few, and then he rocks up and scores. Um, you've got Aidan Connolly hitting the post um, with what could have been, again, another arguable sort of goal of the month contender. Um, at that point, so yeah, just um, just really ridiculous place that we're at. Um, where it is, as Graham says, I think it's right to say it's a bit of a futile task to try and pick the team. Not going to stop us anyway, though. It's, you know. What we really need this season, just to top it off, would be Rouski to score a goal. <laughs> no, no, before Liam. Liam's got to score a league goal as well. Come on, one of Rouski's goal kicks. Um, that would be like just icing on the cake for him. That would probably be the, the, how it would work. I remember years ago, Hamish McAlpine was our goalie. Now, Hamish used to take penalties for Dundee United at one point. And he's probably the worst goal kick or, or kicking from hand keeper we had in a long time. And then one day down in Kilmarnock, I think we were struggling that season. And all of a sudden, we won this one game of Kilmarnock and it set us off. And it was a wind-assisted Hamish McAlpine kick that went in the back of the net. And we all know Kev's kicking, you know, getting better. So it I mean, surprise me if one day did, he actually did do it. I do you imagine Kev if that happened? Uh, <laughs> I did laugh at the uh, Courier Sport um, podcast that they did, and Jim Spence was on that. And his literal quote was, uh, I know that the Ray fans have got questions about Dubrovsky's kicking from feet, but and I was like, hmm, wonder if Jim's been tuning in here, Blair Hopcroft uh, 
setting them up. But um, I remember a few years ago we played um, cow and beef in a league game at Central Park, and that was a, a very it was a bright but windy day. I remember being exceptionally hungover for that. My mate Harry's wee brother, who's just turned eighteen now, ran off. And Harry's like, you've got to go and chase him. Like, what's going on? But uh, Ross Laidlaw, I think Conroy scored, uh, Ryan Conroy scored a free kick from about 45 yards that day. But Ross Laidlaw hit the bar uh, from a goal kick from his hands. Um, just showing how ridiculous the wind was that day. But that's the closest I've ever seen it go. But uh, if you remember that one, that's one for the ages. I think, uh, I think our expectations might be getting slightly out of hand at this stage. <laughs> Um, just Christmas to... wish list. Christmas wish list. Oh, that's been true. good. We've been good all year, so maybe we deserve it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh... aye, fine. Aye, I'll, 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 I'll join it your uh, Kevin Dabrowski goal um, wish list. Um, and then that is goal of the season because that just trumps everybody. What's the XG for uh, Kevin Dabrowski right now, please? If you could get on uh, a <laughs> Y Scout, that'd be great. So one thing about this game on uh, this game tomorrow night <clears throat> that I think could be particularly key is I know the AR fans their sort of primary concern is around their fullbacks and that seems to be their their kind of their weak point. That is really not what you want coming up against this Rover side. Again, we've talked about it all the time. We, we don't need to go over it in, in full detail again, but. Like Dylan Easton, when his tail's up, which it absolutely is, he squares up that fullback. That's the that's the worst place to be in this division at the moment. And uh, yeah, whoever ends up uh, at right back for for Air United in particular is not going to fancy that. And whether it's Aidan Connolly or Josh Mullen on the other side, I think it's um, it's going to be the same thing. So that it's very it's not particularly often that you get to look at a game like this and kind of see your key battles so clearly kind of early doors, but um, they'll very much be trying to do the same thing on the other side, as you said, Robbie, I think Logan Chalmers is the standout player on that side, and they'll be trying to do the same thing. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you, Robbie, because I know you were particularly impressed by Callum Smith, as you said previously at Thistle, and then um, he did very well up at Arbroath. You were busy, you're impressed with him against uh, Dundee United as well. With that in mind, though, do you think he has to drop out for Jack Hamill? Or is there a case for, for Callum Smith in this one? Yeah, I'm going to completely contradict myself with this and uh, say, yes, I think that Hamilton would be ideal up top. Um, just because I think that we saw that against Dundee United when Hamilton came on. He offered so much as a sort of focal point to bring others into play. Um, and he's, I mean, he's just a great all-round forward. Um, and, you know, it's been mentioned before, we've spoken about kind of almost used him as a target man. And then he starts scoring goals and he's like, I'm more than just a target man, by the way, um, which I fully agree with. So, yeah, you just, um, I think we look a lot better when we've got Hamilton in the starting 11, just because he is that out and out number nine. And we don't really get that from anyone else. So I would have him in that starting 11 if he's fully fit. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree with you. Um, I think it's, again, as we've said, it's, very, it's so harsh on... Um, any of these players who are dropping out of this starting 11 at the moment, but I just think it's a much more cohesive unit, a much more cohesive but kind of strategy. I, I, I think as well, it's worth probably saying, I think the longer the season goes on and we keep, we, we're sticking in there with United and now we've sort of gone ahead of them, five points clear, 
albeit with a game in hand. I feel like there's more of an appreciation for it being a squad game now. Um, and I, particularly Callum Smith and Josh Mullen and Connolly, I think those three in particular just seem to like understand. And like, I, I'm sure as players, they're very frustrated and they want to play every minute that they can. But it's almost like there's this, yeah, actually, I do want to play every minute, but I kind of accept the fact that we're in a title race right now. And if that's for the greater good, and we're getting results, then so be it. You can't really argue against it. So, yeah. That's, uh, I trust I... the manager. Sorry. No, on you, on you go, Carol. I said, it, the, I think it's the trust in the manager and the trust in the the club is, is there, is that they want to play, not individually anymore, they want to play for a team, so they understand why they're being left out or why they're on the bench or why they're... It's because it's not for... Because they've done anything wrong. It's because the the team needs this formation or this way of working for this particular game. We say it a lot on this podcast. It's game to game. It's not thinking about the over. Yeah, we're all about like yeah, we've won the league at the end of the season. But it's that. So I think they understand, and I think there's an understanding and a trust there in the team that wasn't maybe there before. I think um, I think winning solves the problem for you. Like you, you really, you'd be hard pushed to complain about it as long as the team's winning. And it's if it's only a, a kind of a one-off, then you'd maybe still have a case. But these, yeah, there's been so much evidence that, and I think it was Callum Smith himself who said that game against Thistle, where um, him and Aidan Connolly were standing waiting to come on, and Thistle scored, and he just I turned to Aidan and said, "We've got to go on and turn this game back around." And that's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. What it is. Um, you're not. You're not second choice with these substitutes anymore. That's not how the not how the game works. And I think this is I think it's really probably the first time in my kind of visibility, which is basically the Scottish Championship, where a manager is using the five subs rule as a tactical innovation, really, as opposed to just like, oh, I can get an extra guy on or whatever. Um in the way that when they announced it's football that they were going to five subs and you think, well, that's just going to benefit the bigger teams with the bigger budgets because they can get more players on. I think at this level where within reason, everyone's operating at more or less the same level. It's the Rovers are probably the first team where you're really actually seeing it as a deliberate strategy to say, well, we've got five subs. Let's go and actually use them as a strategy from the beginning, as opposed to, We've got our eleven, and then we've we've got additional players, but um, we've obviously we've talked about that loads. I think we're 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 probably well, we're probably past the risk of repeating ourselves on that. But if uh, if there's more late goals from substitutes, I promise you, we will talk about it once again on uh, Saturday or Sunday when we um, we get together to to debrief this one. Um, so let's let's move into predictions for this then, and and any other kind of final thoughts that you want to add on this game, and. Uh, Graham, we'll start with you, please. Two 2-0 to the Rovers. Stuffy, horrible game, but we'll, we'll come through 2-0. And hopefully my, my favourite right-back in the league, Nick McAllister, has an absolute shocker. Again, as he did at Starts Park, where he, I think Louis Vaughan came within about a foot of him and he fell over trying to get him sent off as well. Um, and he'll be looking over his shoulder, wonder where Dylan Easton is for 90 minutes. So hopefully he has a shocker. And we'll win 2-0. And a, a first win by more than a goal. 
It's always a brave prediction with this Rover side. Well, it's it's um, always a brave prediction when you live in here. <laughs> Very true. Um, Carol, how about you, please? Uh, oh, 3-1 Rovers. 3-1. Again, uh, I think we'll two go, two go okay, but I think we'll, we'll lose a stupid one and then we'll come back. Is that in, you, do you think we'll lose that in the time period that Leslie has christened the, uh, is it the Golden Sieve he's calling that? <laughs> yeah. But then, the last few games, we've not conceded in that period, though, so... That's it. I think are we are we two on the bounce without conceding in that? I mean, I've got a, a whole clean sheet um, against Dundee United. Um, excellent, thank you, Carol. Um, Christina, you next, please. I'm going to go two 0 Rovers and both goals to be scored in the first half by the goalkeeper. That's what she's going to say as well. <laughs> by the both of them. Both, both of them. them. Yeah, both of them. One with his left and one with his right, Christina. Merry Christmas. I tell you, I would absolutely love just 2-0 half-time and then just see it through to the yeah. end. That would yeah. be really nice. That would be good. Um, all right, Robbie, your prediction, please. Well, I can be a bit smug because I predicted 1-0 last week, much like yourself, I think, Duncan. So, uh, yeah, um, hopefully we can carry on that streak and I will go for a 3-0 Rovers win. Oh, excellent. I'm very confident. You want to give us goal scorers for that? Absolutely not. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, I'm I'm gonna stick with uh, what I said for uh, for last week. I think this is gonna be one 0 Rovers. I think this is we're seeing this uh, this Rover side refining themselves into just a, a very well oiled machine, and these um, single goal victories just just really bringing them right down to the the minimalist football. I think is what we're gonna see from now until the end of the season. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go for a, a 1-0 Rovers but um, glad to see this podcast continuing our almost universal only ever predicting Rovers victories and to be fair in the time we've been doing the podcast that's been a pretty successful strategy so we'll uh, I think we'll stick to that um, and just before we move on from this game uh, Carol I think you've got a little bit of a little bit of festive joy to, uh, to spread around yeah yeah uh, so people might have seen the, the posts on social media, but uh, selection boxes for kiddies will be available tomorrow after the match. Um, there's been a lot um, of work done behind the scenes by the forum. Uh, donations and Dot has been out, who some of you might know, been organising it. So some selection boxes went to the uh, kids ward at the Vic. There's been some for the festive friends, hospitality kids. There'll be boxes for air kids. And there'll be um, 200 plus boxes available for Race Rovers kids after the game tomorrow. I think that's, is it free to anybody under the age of 16? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you would all pass for under 16 with, without ID. <laughs> I think we'll let that just hang for a second. <laughs> okay. Get somebody to check on Carol as soon as we finish recording. Um. All right, brilliant. Um. Moving on from that then, um, Christina, I, I mentioned this uh, on the last podcast that we did, but just to take us um, back a week very briefly, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on your um, your trip to Tanadice, because obviously you've you've told us on the pod before that, um, you know, you've only been going to Rovers for, for what, uh, two or three years, something like that, yeah. and that yeah. this season's really been your first sort of foray into away games, and uh, you know, I think I said that's, as away games go, that's, that's a pretty good one, so... You, would you mind giving us just a little bit of a, a review of your uh, your afternoon last week, please? 
Yeah, it is funny when I go to away games, everybody I go with comes to me and goes, this doesn't happen. Like, this is not normal. And I'm just having the best time and everybody's like, no. And I'm like, I don't know what people must have sat through all these years, but I'm having a great time at away games. And I always said, I don't go to away games because, you know, it's too much. I can't do every Saturday. And now I'm like, um, phoning my husband, like, can I go again? And everybody's like, I need a phone and ask permission from the wife. I'm like, listen, I'm asking permission now as well, by the way. Serious. Um, but no, I had a great day. I went up on the bus, um, one of the free ones, which was a great atmosphere on there. The bus driver, as we um, got up to Tanadice, played Jordi Monroe, which was amazing. And I thought it was really nice on the way up because there was Dundee United fans clearly walking on the path, knowing that it was a rover bus. Everybody was like, banging on the window and stuff and they were just like smiling waving happy I'm like so nice did not expect that I thought we were going to get abused but they were lovely and then yeah I thought the ground was amazing I've only been to East End Park so far which is a nice it's a nice ground um, I thought Tanadice was really really nice the only thing I didn't like about Tanadice was at the end coming out I felt like I could hardly see where I was going it was really dark and it was on that kind of slope didn't really like that but beautiful ground Um and yeah, obviously an amazing, amazing game, amazing match. So yeah, I'm I'm ticking all the I've got the app now that can tick all the away grounds that I've been to. So yeah, I'm on a good a good streak. I think it's Livingston. No, it's East End Park again next. I'm going back there on the second, and then it's Livingston, which I've heard mixed reviews about. I'm I'm not convinced who's giving you the positive side of the mixed reviews of Livingston. To be fair, um. But yeah, that's it's it's just it's nice to hear. Um, it's obviously one of these things that I think um, you know, for some of us, it's the same old faces and the same old grounds, and you, you especially when the team's not doing so well, you get a little bit kind of jaded sometimes. Um, I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm three or four off all forty-two. That now that they've introduced relegation at the bottom of League Two, I keep losing track. I want to check every now and again. It's annoying when you lose a Breaker or a Cowden Beef and you're like, ah, they were stalwarts, but they're gone now. I'm, uh, I've only got the two left. I've um, Bonnie Rig and um, Motherwell for me, or the, the last frontiers. I've got um, Bonnie Rig, uh, Dingwall, and Peterhead, I think, are the three. Because I did have Annan, but pre season or whatever that was earlier this year, I managed to take Annan off. Um, Peterhead gave me my claim to fame, which was I ended up on view from the terrace with one of the shorts that they oh, done. That's right, yeah. Aye, you and so, Kev as well. Ah, me and Kev. <clears throat> Graham, you can't be far off. I'm sure you you're well travelled. Uh, I've never been to Peterhead's new ground. Was it their old ground? Old ground. When was that? That'd be about thirty five years ago. We drew them in the cup. Um, we drew at Starts Park, then we drew at Peterhead, and then we had to play a third game at Arbroath when we beat them. So that's definitely what that. I think where else? That's probably the only one, actually. No, that and Cove will probably be the only two I've not been to. Cove's I think that's a... the funny thing about the sorry to interrupt, Duncan, but uh, the funny thing about the Scottish Cup is that you get those like grounds, like you're saying, obviously going to the old Peterhead. Like I remember going down to Castle Douglas for a game against Free Rovers. Like you would never get that normally, and then all the locals come out because it's seen their team that's in their town playing against like a professional club um, so yeah you, you can get some real oddities it's expanded a wee bit with the Challenge Cup and the um, with the uh, with the expansion there but yeah just some bizarre grounds that you can get to 
see the in the league obviously we're in just now. What what ground is the oldest one in our league? Like I know there's obviously the, the main stand that starts back to an old stand, but I mean like in general. It's a great question. Um Hamden Park must be up there if you if you count its various rebuildings yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Because we played at a place called, funnily enough, Robbie's Park uh, before Starks Park. Um, East Ends must be quite old. Somerset must have been, they were 1910, they were founded, I think. So they yeah, because they're an amalgamation of a few teams down here, but I think yeah. one of them played there before then. So Yeah. Actually, because I mean, it's only what Airdrie, Callie Thistle, who are in sort of newer style grounds. Well, really? We'll go into Airdrie and how they got started, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> I mean, they've their grounds had more names than most teams in this division have had grounds. Because really, I mean, so obviously, like the Rovers, Dundee United, Thistle, Dunfermline, Morton, Ayr. These are all they're all kind of sort of quote unquote original grounds. You know, they've not they've not kind of moved out of town or anything like that. Um, I would say um, if you do get a chance, um, Christina, Ayr's it's a. It gets fabled for the atmosphere on its like big games, but it's worth going along to just to see what a proper old school Scottish grounds actually like. Um, on a good day, it might have run in water as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Albeit they you are kind of ruining it where they uh... screw the tap, right? The tap actually comes out. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic plumbing. Mm. I think Capo uh, is like that as well. Yeah, Capo and Somerset are two that feel proper, feel kind of old. in the same way that the main stand at Starks Park was, to be fair. Um yeah Caplow's probably the oldest actually. I'm just on Wikipedia now and that was eighteen seventy nine they started playing there. So Yeah Tanadice is nineteen oh nine I think. Yeah I'll definitely yeah. be Caplow then I would have thought. Um and, and it certainly still it's looks probably the same. Actually Hamden might it's on the same place but it doesn't feel like it. Whereas Caplow yeah. Caplow does. Um but particularly I mean the Norseman feels a bit kinda 19th century as well to be fair um, Google the sort of average height of a person in Scotland and see when it goes above 5 foot 5 that's probably like when Caplow <laughs> was yeah. the side of the seats in the stand So uh, that's, a, that's a good question if you ever do go to Caplow uh, Christina, how much do you value your shins? Because they will get hit off the seat in front uh, Only ground in the country where the fans wear shin pads um, that, that was a nice little detour into, into kind of away days and away trips um, which is I was I was keen just to hear how uh, how you'd gone, um. But let's move ourselves along a little bit then, and let's talk about the and another additional piece of good news that we got this week, and that is uh, Sam Stanton's contract extension, which came out of the blue. Um, came out of the the email inboxes of the club eighteen eighty three members first of all, but um. Robbie, if you could give us your thoughts first of all, and and did you did you expect that? Uh, no, uh, didn't. To be <laughs> honest, I thought that it was uh, completely out of the blue, and just saw the WhatsApp erupt with um, various messages about it, and uh, it's great to hear. It just it builds upon everything, and really, it goes back to what. Andrew Barrowman was saying in his tweet directly after the Dundee United game, he said this is not a run of form it's a movement and that sums it up very much I think Stanton's one of those players where um, it's well sort of publicised that you had the McGlynn contracts as they're known 
um, one of our podcast crew called it McGlinterest um, in terms of like these rolling deals that continued to, to grow in value time after time. But Stanton's the one out of those who's been signed as a McGlynn player and he's just kicked on to another level, added goals to his game. Uh, but he'll have seen the changes over the summer and sort of the work that's going on behind the scenes. And I think as a player, it's it's a real statement of intent. And he is the parsleyer, quoted from BBC Scotland. Um, so it's going to be delightful to have him at least for the next six months doing that until hopefully we get promoted and we can leave them in our wake. So, yeah. That's it. I think... Um... I think you're absolutely right. It's it's a it's a real statement of intent and a real um positive indicator of what what the players must be feeling, uh, as much as anything. So I think I said it in relation to Dylan Easton, but I was absolutely thinking of Sam Stanton at the same time, just a, a week or two ago. When I was saying that you know there's no point panicking if these guys don't sign contract extensions at the moment, because there's not really any pressing need for them to commit at the moment. You know, I said it about Dylan Easton, but Sam Stanton's exactly the same. Like his offer from the Rovers wasn't going anywhere. He could have, if he wanted to, he could have sat, waited until later on in the season. What league do we think we're going to be in? Who else is going to be around in the Premiership? What offers are there? So the fact that at this stage, he's happy enough to just say, no, nah, no, nah, this is, I'm enjoying this. I believe in what's happening the infrastructure at the club, all that kind of stuff, I'm not wanting to speak to anybody else. Not interested. Give me the contract and I'll sign it. I think it's such a... It, it, it's, I see, I think it's, it's such a big signal of what it says about the rest of the football club as much as what it says about um, about Sam Stanton. Um, Christina, you're obviously you're his biggest fan, so uh, I think safe to say you're delighted by this news. Yeah, I can't wait to say best player in the Premiership. This is going to change next season. It's going to be amazing. Um, but I do genuinely believe that players like Sam Stanton and Dylan Easton and stuff really do deserve to be in the Premiership. And I hope that, like, obviously Sam Stanton signed again, but I hope that Dylan Easton and stuff and your Sean Burns and I hope they just want to continue their journey with us. I said after the Dundee United game, this is not luck. This is Wraith Rovers Football Club. So I hope that it's... That's just, this is how we are now. And I hope that this kind of standard of player is just what we attract. Because surely there's other players looking at us now thinking, I want to be part of that. They must see it all on social media and want to be part of it. I looked up um, Stanton's stats. 16 appearances, three goals, two against Infermon, five assists. And I'm just like, this is why he's just the best. Um, but I would like, I don't know if Sam Stanton listens to our podcast, but I would I like to doesn't. ask him. <laughs> I would like just to hear from him. I would love him to do an interview and just so we can he's never on any inside match days. He's never on any like he's never I've never seen him do an interview yet. So I would really like to hear from him and hear what he thinks of the club and just what where he sees himself going and where he sees himself taking a where he sees himself taking the club and stuff and just to get a wee bit of insight into what it's like as a person. See as a, a man who's scored three goals this season against Dunfermline, Sam Stanton can just do whatever he wants as far as I can as I'm as far as I'm concerned. Like if he signed off on a letter that just was full of me telling me, like, shut down your podcast, you're an absolute tool, just get it closed down. Eh, 
absolutely fine. No worries, Sam. You just do what you need to. That's cool. Just I, yeah. Just um, I think that it's good, um, in the sense as well that like you're you're mentioning Dylan Easton there. I'm far more confident that Easton was going to sign. I didn't expect Sam uh, Sam Stanton to be the first one to re-sign back. Um, so it just sets the tone really. Um, but yeah. And, and um, Graham, do you think it's fair to say that Sam Stanton's kind of the he's kind of the on pitch representation of of kind of how Ian Murray does his business? Do you know Absolutely. what I mean when I say that? Like nice, efficient, nice and quiet, just goes and gets the job done. I actually think he's probably the one you would pick out of this team now and put in that team in the nineties, and you wouldn't okay. weaken that team in the nineties. I think he's he's that standard. And I mean the one the ninety two, ninety three or the ninety four, ninety five team. I think he could play there. I, I thought that when he came because when he was at Dumbarton he was always a thorn on our side. Whenever we came across Sam Stanton, he was always a thorn on our side. And it was a good sign at the time. Surprised we actually signed him at the time. Because I thought him coming to the Rovers was a step. Um but as good as Easton's goal was it was made where we, you know, like Vaughan dropping off his, his marker and coming out in the midfield and laying the ball off. And that pass for Sam Stanton. You know, he just he just knew. He just knew, I'm going to play that ball in there. And they all knew that ball was going to get in there. And it was very reminiscent, I think, the second goal against, first or second goal against the United at Somerset Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so, the roles were kind of reversed. Yeah. I, I think it was Stanton who made the run and the pass was played in him. Then he got it across the Easton. So it's something they obviously do. But it was almost telegraphed, and it was just we know where it's going. And he just—he's class, absolutely class football player. Duncan, what you just said there about Stanton being how Ian Murray goes about his business—that is absolutely spot on. That's got to be the quote of the podcast since we started doing this, by the way, because that is so true. Like business, no faffing about, not in your face, quietly confident, gets the job done. That's it. You smashed it for me, Duncan. That. Thank you, um, Carol. Why don't you you round off this discussion with Sam Stant? Just just tell us your uh, your thoughts on the man. He can be as silent and as mysterious as he likes, as long as he scores goals. That's it. Uh, uh, yeah. Do what you need to do. What makes you happy? If you need to live a mysterious life, fine. Don't care. Score goals. Whatever makes you happy and score goals. That's all I want. Quite right, and uh, yeah, I'm just just so pleased to see him. he's got that contract extension. He's such a good player, and he's he's the kind of guy you can build a team around. And uh, and, and for that reason, as, as much as any, I'm delighted that we've got him. And and sort of take away any question marks, you just got that really reliable rock in that side for the uh, for the next couple of years. It's like I said before we started the podcast. Though I feel like he's. Personality-wise, you're going to always get different people in your team. To have a good team, you need different types of characters in your team. And for every Kevin Dabrowski that's like the the limelight, the star of the show, with all the quotes, to have a Sam Stanton there that just keeps you ticking over, just keeps things working, just doing his job. I I know we've said it before, and it's not in a a sort of... Uh, dismissive or, or negative way, very unassuming. He'll just go about his business and get the job done, but he does it so well that like you just, uh, you just, 
can completely forgive him for not being the the sort of extroverted type of personality that you maybe maybe sort of everyone would like in terms of what they see in terms of social media. You don't necessarily need that all the time. So if we can get that from Sam Stanton, and if he's happy, that's the most important thing for me. Absolutely. And uh, from one rover stalwart to uh, to another, Robbie. How good was that link? Sorry for calling attention to it, but it really was very good. Could you give us your thoughts, please, on uh, Davy Hancock, who this week, uh, I think it was 750 games he's now covered um, with Wraith TV. Um, so, yes, if you could just um, tell us a bit about um, how you, uh, you, you sorry, <clears throat> tell us what you wanted to say about Davy, yeah. please. Absolutely. Um, I think that all the all the terms that we've used about Sam Stanton in terms of just quietly going about his business can also be applied to Davey. Um, an absolute hero of a man. He's just such a great person to have involved as a volunteer and just the nicest person that you can imagine. Just him and his family just in general are all fantastic. His wife and daughter were stunning sitting behind me at Tanadice and I did say to Molly I was like look because obviously people are standing up and it becomes a bit of a nightmare because she's smaller than everyone else just saying to her like look if you if you can't see just give me a tap on the shoulder and I'll try and duck down but um, I'm very very glad the Eastern goal was up the other end so that everyone got to enjoy it let's put it that way um, but yeah for Davey himself um, when we were first starting the podcast he was one of the people that I sent a DM to just sheerly out of respect just to sort of say look just to give you a heads up this is what we're going to intend on doing and what we're starting and what we're thinking about and he has been so helpful just so um, completely willing to give any feedback just willing to sort of chat in general just um I've had interactions with him through Rafe TV before in terms of short pieces that they've done, whether it was through the fans panel and he just such a nice guy. And it was just really lovely to read all the comments and just everyone's experiences and just sort of the joy that him and the rest of the team bring, especially for people like yourself, Carol, that will maybe be overseas and you, you listen to the games and you almost get to sort of know these personalities through Rafe TV. So yeah, Davey, um, just... I cannot stress how thankful I am that you're involved with the club and I feel that it's great to see. So I know that they'll get a lot of recognition and praise, but just on a personal level, just the most important thing, just a really, really good human being. Um, and he's just, a, I've sort of set an example in terms of how people should be treated and how you would want to treat other people. Um, so yeah, tip my hat to him. Just a brilliant guy. That's it, and uh, and Carol, I know you want to just say a little bit of peace as well, because obviously, for yourself, you're you're relying on uh, on race TV more than most. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, I'm going to put, but Davey Hancock and race TV have made me the race fan I am today. Um, so obviously, moving, I've lived in Barcelona now for 17 years, so left Scotland in 2006. Um, my contact with Rovers was phoning my mum and asking for stuff and getting what I could at, like, from the internet when I went to an internet cafe, and then found the Treatment Table podcast in its early form on the Metro one day in Barcelona because I was looking for a race-based podcast and Davies Dulcet Tones and the, the others were uh, started the podcast and yeah from that on it was can we get the games online can we get the games online and it's just grown from that and I've met Davies several times he's the nicest sweetest person I think he's it just that 
you feel that he's you're his best friend from the moment he speaks to you. He just has so much respect for the club, for the for supporters. He doesn't care if you're just a brand spanking new supporter and know nothing about the club to the oldest. He, yeah, he has made me the fan I am today, and that's the I mean the reason I'm doing this, the reason I write for the program, the reason I've done triathlons for the supporters uh, trust in the past has been Race TV. And I know, um, I know, Davey's always the first to to try and kind of um, to, uh, like duck out of that limelight, and and to be fair, rightly uh, reflect yeah. it on the the other guys who are behind, maybe more behind the scenes with a lot of that stuff. But um, you know, they're all all do so so much credit, and I think we um, can't thank enough the, the 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 people who do all that kind of work behind the scenes, and especially things like through lockdown, there was a greater connectivity between the Rovers fan base and a lot of football clubs um, all through that kind of one conduit and, and Davey's very much the the voice of that and, and definitely the brains behind a huge part of it as well. Um, so absolutely, 750 down and uh, I think everybody just looking forward to the next 750 to come. I'm, um, just, impressed. I'm just impressed Davey can count. You know, there was, <laughs> he did do an interview where somebody said, can you count? So obviously you can. Is it not Neil that did that one though? No, I think it was. No, Davey. it was it was Davy. It was, was it? did it to oh. Davy. Yeah, yeah. Uh. John and, McClane. Um... <laughs> yeah. Oh. Aye. Aye, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's end this podcast then with uh just uh, just a little bit of nonsense, quite frankly, because it's the it's the time of the year for it. So um. For today's big question, uh, Jesse, just a little bit of fun. So what I'm looking for, please, guys, is for you to give me your Rover's Christmas songs. Um, and you can interpret that in any way that you like. And uh, Robbie, give me one of yours first of all, please. I'll let one, someone else go first because <laughs> I don't want to steal someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Uh Carol, throw it to you then, please. Uh, I'll go for a nice season one. Uh Felix Navidad. And uh Christina. Uh, we're doing the awkward pauses in between each one, right? I've got two. Santa Claus is coming to town. Brilliant. And I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Ah, uh, good we shout for Potsy there. I think uh maybe he's not getting all the credit he deserves at the moment, so uh, I know you had to invent a Christmas song about hippopotamuses uh, to get that in there. That's not invented. That's the best that Christmas song new, ever. That is a new Christmas song. I want best Christmas song ever. I'm not going to start singing it on a podcast like but when we're finished. <laughs> you Google it. Okay. Might need to pull that um, out to the audience to, to see who's ever heard of that song before. It's a new one on me. Um Right, uh, Robbie, you come in next, please. Give us uh, any any of yours, please. Well, I'm going to steal um, steal a few from the group chat that we had going on earlier on. Don't, don't uh, steal too many. Well, <laughs> Graham, you go then. You go then, Graham. I've, uh, I've, I've stolen this one from, uh, I don't know who's stolen it from, but Driving Vaughn for Christmas. I, I think that was Scott. So I like that one. And uh, When a Child is Born. <laughs> oh, Johnny Mapp is classic. So um, there was a few. Uh, Leslie came out with one that was excellent. It's a fairy tale of new ownership. Um, Stark the Herald, Angel Sing from Michael. 
Um, I went stay another day by Easton 23 was my one that I put in there. So, yeah. Come on, Dylan, get that contract signed, man. Excellent. And and listen, I'm I'm gonna call us there because I think we'll get much better ones in the uh in the replies to the um the podcast tweeting and the, the YouTube comments, I'm sure. But I am uh I'm just gonna leave us one, which is um in terms of our uh, our former uh, former Dunfermline friend who's now um plying his trade on the south side, and that is of course Dominic the Donkey. Um but thank you very much for listening. Uh, we have done our best to make sure this is a slightly shorter one because I know that there are uh, commutes that are having to be extended and there are dogs getting incredibly long walks with some of the uh, the longer pods that we've done. But rest assured, um, if we do put Air United to the sword tomorrow night, we will be back with another 90-minute plus debrief, I'm sure. Um, so fingers crossed from all of us on that one. We will see you tomorrow night at Starks Park, I'm sure. As always, if you are at the game and you're sitting next to someone who hasn't been listening, give them a little elbow and send them our way. And we will see you over the weekend for the next episode. Thank you and goodbye.